leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hello, security people. Uh, Renee Small isn't with us today, but today we have Aaron Birnbaum, and he will be sharing his exciting journey, um, how he broke into cybersecurity. So uh, let's get it started. Aaron, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, let's see. Um, I have uh, been a big fan of technology for years. I'm kind of a little bit of a gray hair, so I remember the the old school TRS-80s and things like that. And uh, throughout my career, if I haven't been working directly in technology, I've been using technology to make my life and others easier, more effective, um, more analytical, cost-effective ROI focused, things like that. Um, and about, uh, let's see, <laughs> about five, five and a half years ago, um, I had started, uh, let me go back a little bit farther. In 2003, I had started a small technology company, primarily consulting. Um, I had built a specific CRM that ended up becoming more and more and more involved as, as time grew. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started processing credit cards and everything. And luckily, we were PCI compliant. So I, I read, read a little bit about PCI compliance. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> we've been in business for about 10 years. Uh, we've been doing great. Uh, some some good years, some bad years, but the last you know four, three four years up to up until that point, we've been doing well. And I woke up one morning and there's texts and phone calls and messages, and I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, the site's down, the site's down. This is blah 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 blah. And I'm not realizing this is a major deal. And I pick up the phone, I call the hosting provider, and I say, hey, what's going on? And they're like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no problems on our end. So I you know, pull up the website and it's definitely down and there's some gibberish on it. And basically someone had attacked us. They had been able to get into the, to, uh, the application slash web server and they had defaced. They had deleted a bunch of files. They had um, written something in uh, some language which I was not familiar with. And... <laughs> I immediately got scared because at the time, I believe we had over 100,000 credit card ACH records. And mm -hmm. so my heart stopped, as you can imagine. Um, and I quickly started looking through the log files with the technician. And we saw how they got in. And then we saw they you know, poked around, deleted a bunch of stuff, and, and, and tried to get into the database server. Um, thank goodness it's separate from the web application server. <laughs> And we couldn't find any instance where they were able to get in. We saw they had tried a bunch of different things. And I had spent, at this point, 10 years of my life starting, growing, doing the ups, doing the downs, having the great days, having the bad days, you know, having the good Christmases, missing the birthday party thing. And 
it really, really affected me in a way that I can't think of a good analogy that's really appropriate, but it, it felt like they attacked my child. And mm-hmm. I was I was really angry. And I spent probably the next like three weeks just immersed in what happened, how'd they do it, why did they do it, who did it, or as near as we can tell, you know, how can we find out who did it? And it really kindled a lot of um, my old technology urgings from back in the day. And I had still been, you know, I kept a finger or two in, in technology, but I had not been really into cybersecurity at that point. Um, I was probably, a, oh, it's in Hollywood, and so some guy is blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. when your business and you realize you could wake up and your business could be destroyed, you could be out of business. You could have nothing. You could probably get sued if you were lucky. Um, it really hit me hard, and I said, you know what, this is, this is horrible. I got to do something here. And so I spent the next probably two to three years just immersing myself in reading journals, reading publications, going back to my old network manuals, um, reading about TCP IP again and from a while ago, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a telecom, some telecom experience from way back in the day. And uh, so I really... I started getting into it and I found it to be fascinating. I found it to be really, really interesting. I like puzzles. I'm the guy that every year for, for the holidays, I get like a nail puzzle or a jigsaw puzzle or some kooky thing that somebody found that they know I would enjoy because I like to, to figure out how things work and, and, and put them back together. And it, the, the, the whole industry of cybersecurity really appealed to me because it, it, it's like solving a crime or, 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 or fixing a puzzle. It really is obviously solving a crime. Um, but it's in your like, case, yeah, yeah, like, and, and in a lot of cases it is. Um, you know, there were certain things that I didn't really have the aptitude or skill set to do, uh, which I'm, as I'm sure a lot of people are, trying to improve and learn more. And every day, it's um, you know, it's whack-a-mole. You know, somebody something pops up here, and oh, everybody comes over and smacks it down. Okay, we fix that. Oh, over here now, we got to go over here and fix this. Now we got to. Mm-hmm. So it is. It's, it's whack-a-mole. Um, so about a year or two go by and I'm really getting into it. I'm talking to my friends and my network and people I work with and, you know, making some suggestions and some ideas and, Hey, you know, this, this multi-factor authentication thing is actually really good. You should probably, you know, start to look at it. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting calls from, you know, friends and family saying, Hey, can you help me out? Can you take a look? You know, what do, what do you recommend for backup solutions? And, so I, I will not claim to be an expert, and I will probably never claim to be an expert at that time, but it really got me thinking of, hey, there's a really huge demand for this. Um, and then the business I was in with my ex-partner, um, I ended up leaving. Long, long story there. But I needed to do something. I wanted to do something. And since I had really been immersing myself in this, I said, you know what, I'm, I, I know there's a demand out there. I know there's a lot of small businesses out there mm-hmm. that they don't have the budget, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the expertise, but they're at least aware that this is becoming a huge problem. And if you're mm-hmm. an attorney, if you're an accountant, uh, if you're a financial planner, your clients are lifeblood. And so if someone comes in, breaches your access, and exfiltrates that data and puts it out there, you're going to be out of business. I mean, those mm-hmm. are those are industries where it, the relationship is everything. And so 
I started to talk to a bunch of people in the community that I knew that had, you know, that were professionals in, in those specific areas and other ones as well. Um, and started my own cybersecurity business. And I, as I said, I never claimed to be an expert, but yeah. I had been building a network and there were people that I would call on from time to time and that would give me advice if I was in a bad situation or the magic of, <clears throat> of Google or Peerlist, mm -hmm. incredible articles and things like that. If you have the time and the knowledge and the desire, uh, you can probably learn almost anything. Um, and it's so dynamic. It's so changing all the time that you really have to spend. Well, I don't know what you have to spend, but I probably spend <laughs> at least two or three hours a day just reading things, trying to stay abreast of what's going on and, and understanding as much of the technology as I can. And I'll be the first to tell you there's there's aspects of this that I just I, I can't wrap my head around, like like uh, the, the specter, the issue with the microchip basic architecture is beyond me. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't claim to, to be an expert in all things. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of what I do is I'll go into a small business, I'll do an assessment, I'll look at what they have in terms of a backup system so that they don't have to deal with, hopefully, ransomware. I'll look at do they do any kind of two-factor authentication? Do they keep everything on one central server? Do they use a remote server? Do they use VPN and blah, 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 blah. Everybody probably knows all this. So, um, but uh, January will be, I guess, my third third year third year fourth year in business and it's been great uh the community has been wonderful um linkedin imperialist i've reached out to a bunch of people everybody has been phenomenal just really supportive hey here's a great article hey here's something you might want to look at hey here's a resource that you might want to share with your clients um and i've done more than a few things in my life and i've never encountered such a supportive um environment it's great mm -hmm. you, you can post a question hey does anybody ever have this experience i mean spiceworks peerless linkedin there's so many great resources out there that are you know just public forums that people can ask questions and as you go to conferences and as you go in you know local b-sides you're going to meet people in, in your local community some you like some you won't but those resources that are there are almost always very openly shared and I've had people reach out to me and I've tried to reciprocate as well um, because I think it's important I think it's very important that not only do we all do our jobs the way that you know the best that we can but also that we're helping other people if I see something at this company and then this company and then this company I'm gonna let the people I know that are you know doing work in that industry hey I'm starting to see this have you guys been seeing that? Is it just me? Is it, is it where I live? Or is it something that, you know, is more endemic of a, of a serious, serious problem? Okay. Uh, so let's take a, a step back. Um, so you're at your car, uh, CRM company. Um, yeah. You got hit by the, you got hit by the attacker. Um, you recovered from it. Did, I guess, did the organization survive that attack or based on the attack, it needed to spin itself down? Um, no, it, the old company was called CITM and they, we did survive. Um, we, I left, um, my partner and I basically just weren't seeing eye to eye and okay. I won't really get into more no, than no. that, but, um, but no, it did survive, but it, it was because of the fact that 
we were PCI compliant because people said, look, if you're dealing with credit cards, you have to know this. Mm -hmm. And again, I reached out to the network of people that I knew and I said, hey, there's 8,000 pages of this. How am I going to learn all this? And they said, well, you know, go here. Here's a resource. We'll give you a summary. Here's some open source tools that you can use to, you know, check to see if, if you are in at least basic compliance. And if not, these are the ways that you can fix it. But okay. no, the company's still functioning. My partner okay. good money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the reason I ask that is because oftentimes we see small and medium-sized businesses that they would get hit by attack, uh, hit by ransomware, hit by something, and most of the times they're not in a, in a position where they're able to recover because they haven't done the basic hygiene, the basic in preparing themselves. It sounds like already in that role, you prepared them enough to be able to survive um, that sort of attack, but it sounds like that even sparked the fire in you even more to go out and uh, create another organization to help other small and medium-sized businesses do exactly that as well. Yeah, I think it was the more of the it, more of the realization that it could have been so much worse. And were we completely 100% fully PCI compliant? If I look back, I'm sure there were some other things that we didn't do that we should have done and that some steps that we took after the fact to make sure mm -hmm. that if it did happen again, it wasn't worse. But no, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I know there's a statistic that gets thrown around a lot, but I'm not sure if it's authentic. I'm confident, though, if you're in one of the industries that I mentioned and you are breached and it becomes public knowledge, who's going to go to you? Who's going to trust your financial information to an accountant that you know has been breached? Mm -hmm. um, you know, regardless of, okay, there's no HIPAA penalty associated with it, but who's going to trust you? And if you're a small business, your word of mouth, your, your reputation in the community, that, that's so important, so critical. So, yeah, I, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we survived, but uh, I'm also glad it happened because it kind of put me where I am today. I'm, I'm much happier where I am today. So, so let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, we, we've had a couple uh, guests on who've taken that, that same track. Um, tell our listeners what it's like starting up a cybersecurity-focused business and some of the struggles that you went through that. Because oftentimes we hear from individuals uh, starting out in a role or transitioning to a role. Here you're creating your own role and creating your own organization. Uh, walk us through that process. Well, this, uh, as they say, isn't, it wasn't my first rodeo, so I have a, a pretty good basis of what to expect. I will say this, I um, am considerably older than the last time I started up a company. I am married, I have a child, and it's definitely a different world because there really is a significant amount of commitment. And if you do have someone else in your life or other people in your life or children in your life, it's important that you explain to them, look, this is what I'm doing. And I'm going to be working a lot now with the hope that as this grows, I'll be able to work less in a, in a better form of life. It's the American dream as it were. It, mm -hmm. it, it's definitely a lot of hours. It's definitely, you take care of what you got to take care of during the day. And then you try to have dinner with your family and, you know, watch some TV or go for a walk with the dog or whatever it is. But you're, constantly hustling. You're always hustling. You're always trying to bring in new business. You're always trying to make sure that your existing business is happy. Um, it doesn't make point, doesn't make sense to keep bringing in business if the people that you have are turning over because people talk. I mean, everyone's very well aware if you get a bad name in, in any industry. 
and mm-hmm. it's going to follow you. A lot of it was, okay, you know, the standard businesses, I have to find a, a legal structure, I have to find a, a method of accounting, um, which are exciting, exciting things to do, <laughs> um, which I, but you are, you're going to sacrifice, you're going to spend a lot more time, you're not going to have a 40 hour week, you're not going to have a nine to five, you're not going to have every Saturday and Sunday off, which isn't to say that I was 80 hours a week all the time. Um, but there's some circumstances in my life that allowed me the opportunity to be able to do it, to be able to get started, to be able to start networking. And I'm a huge fan, huge fan of networking and treating people right. Um, regardless of what business you're in, what industry you're in, if you leave jobs and you have a good reputation, people are going to know they're going to want to hire you. If you leave jobs and you have a bad reputation, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Um, so a lot of what I was doing was, was networking. I joined the Chamber of Commerce. Um, I live in Concord, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. which is about an hour north of Boston. Um, the, there's arguably four or five real cities in New Hampshire, Concord being the capital. So there's a lot of attorneys. There's a bunch of financial planners. And, and, and the other big cities are Portsmouth, which is to the east, and Manchester, which is probably the biggest biggest city, and that's been going through an enormous amount of growth recently. There's been a lot of um, biotech coming into the area. Dean Kamen, who the inventor who did the uh, Segway and the portable or the um, yeah the portable uh, dialysis machine or whatever it is, has a big company here and he does some really neat things. And he was able to bring a lot of business here, which has been great because. Anytime uh, an industry starts to move into an area, you get all the supporting companies, all the businesses that come to offer their services to them. And being a part of um, any networking group, whether it's Chamber of Commerce, whether it's a technology council, what, whatever it may have, it, you need to give your time and you need to be a good person and you need to you know, offer them something, not just take. I see a lot of people, and I'm not teaching a class, but I see a lot of people go to a networking event and they either just stand in the corner or they just walk around and hand their business card out and they don't just say, Hey, I'm Aaron. What do you do? This is what I do. And if there's a need, there's a need. If there's not, there's not. I can't tell you the number of times though that I've met with someone and they said, Oh, that's really interesting. You know, we don't really have a need for that because we're a chimney sweep, but I was just at a business the other day. And they were saying something about their backup. So maybe I could introduce you to something. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, networking is enormous. Um, radio advertising has actually been really good for me. Um, they, I bought a schedule of, uh, of radio um, up here, which is a lot less expensive than it is in most major cities. <laughs> but as part of that, they gave me some on-air time. And that went very well. And so... For about five or six months, I've been doing a um, uh, morning radio show on Thursday mornings for half an hour, um, and I met a bunch of people and gotten some clients from it, and it's it's fun. You know, people come, people call in, or there's some something in the news, and you, and you can talk about it and discuss it. I try to one of the best pieces of advice I think I could give. To anybody, whether starting cybersecurity, any technology, any business, is your customers don't know a lot. And you're not just selling them, you have to educate them. And you have to educate them in a manner that they can understand. 
Mm-hmm. You can't come in and say, oh, you know, we have an issue with, uh, you know, uh, port scanning here because they don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. But if you can say, hey, we have an issue. We know someone's trying. They're probing your your network. They're trying to test it. That makes sense. That they can wrap their heads around. Um, the other thing is we do a lot of security awareness training. I'm a big fan that there's some great technology out there. There's some wonderful solutions. Everyone should have firewall. Everyone should have antivirus. Everyone should have an anti-malware. Everyone should patch. But it's important that not only is that a harder sell, but it's it's more important in my personal opinion to train the people because people you walk into a new job and they say, here's the phone. You press nine to get out. You press six and a pound to get an extension. This is how you use the phone. Okay. Here's your computer. Here's our proprietary software, or do we use this system or this system? And we'll show you how to use that. And then they say, okay, and go do your email and search. But they don't take 10 minutes to say, Hey, look, not don't go to adult sites. They're bad, but don't download music. Yeah. on your computer don't don't, yeah. steal, don't steal things on your computer if you get an email from someone that you don't know who it is don't open it yeah and i also i feel bad but i do have to tell people there is no nigerian prince <laughs> <laughs> they do not win the Swedish lottery um bill gates is not giving them their money uh mark zuckerberg isn't gonna forward this chain email along and it's funny, but there's the stats are, are just staggering. Like, I want to say close to 30% of people opened a mail, an email last year. from They had no idea who it was. It was a malicious email of some type. They didn't know who it was, but they opened it anyway. Um, and 12% of the people clicked on the link or downloaded an attachment. And for people that do this every day, you just, you know, you want to bang your head on the wall. How could you think that? But I like to put myself in different people's positions. And let's just say it's summer, it's Friday, it's about 4.15, 4.30. Office is getting a little bit deserted. All I'm thinking about is my three-day weekend coming up. I just want to get out of there. I might be very smart person. I might have a PhD in astrophysics, but... 4.30, 4.15, 4.30 rolls around on Friday, I'm not I'm not all there. I'm not paying attention. So if somebody shoots me an email and says, hey, this is the boss. I need you to you know, send me a list of all of our employees and their social security numbers. You don't think, hey, let me stop for a minute and think if this is a reasonable request or not. You're like 4.30 Friday, yeah, sure, whatever, goodbye, I gotta go. And mm-hmm. so th- there's a reason these scams keep coming out is because people, unfortunately, keep falling for them. And a lot of that is because, as I annoyingly say too much, you take a million dollars of hardware and software and put it on the network. But since I'm north of Boston, the minute that Dave thinks he won the Red Sox tickets, he's clicking the link every time, every time. But computers or, or there's the lost puppy in the parking lot okay. and everyone wants to help, help find there, the owner. There is no candy in the van. But <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the thing is, we we don't we we have a different mindset. I mean, we look at this every day, and we're we're like paranoid. I mean, how many people do you know that aren't listening to this podcast? How many of those people have a VPN on their phone? I mean, think about that. They just they don't, how many people know what a VPN is? But 
you know, I the more I learn, the more paranoid I get. I like to say, but or or maybe the more educated I get. Um, but the the like I said, the biggest thing is if you don't spend some time educating your people, then don't be surprised if they do things that they don't know they shouldn't do. And that you know, we 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 try to do our presentations. We try to customize them. We do them in person. It's not click here and watch this video, which really means click here, open the video, minimize it, and go off and do my work over here. Um, or uh, fast and, forward to the end. And look, I, I'm glad exactly. Or yeah, okay, that wasn't good. But I'm glad that they're at least doing something. That they're aware that there's a problem. That they're aware that their users aren't educated, and they're taking steps to do it. I personally think that if you're entertaining. If you don't drone on and on about your 97-page PowerPoint presentation that talks about security, it, you can really be a lot more effective because people like to be entertained. And I know that kind of sounds a little strange, but it, it really is true. If you get up and you do your song and your dance and you joke around and you have some fun and you offer 20 bucks to anybody that can tell you, you know, the name of uh, the, the biggest botnet out there, you get people engaged and they start to they, they pay attention. Um, you know, I, I, everyone's seen these studies. We have the attention span of a goldfish or whatever it is. So it's important not just to teach people, hey, here's a 50 page manual on cybersecurity, read it. No one's going to read it. Hey, um, there's a guy, uh, Gabriel Freelander, I believe, who's doing little animated 30 second shorts. They're great because people can go, they can look when they want. And they watch a 30 second and it's funny and it's cute and it's great. I think, I think the guy's brilliant. I think it's wonderful because he's doing things that they're not, it's not a half an hour yeah. sitting there watching a movie or listening to somebody that isn't, <clears throat> shall we say a dynamic speaker. Mm -hmm. um, he's getting people, you know, to build good habits, to change their behavior. W one of the things that we talk about is no one ever taught you how to email. Nobody ever taught you, Hey, if I take my mouse and I, mouse it over the link and it says, hey, this isn't First Bank. This is Bank RU or something like that. And that's something that a lot of us take for granted, but a lot of people just aren't educated. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you got a lot of seniors that are getting online. And I don't mean 90-year-old grandma. I mean 60, 70, and 80, of course, year-old people, but they didn't grow up with the technology. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a 13-year-old daughter who's glued to that phone, but when I have a problem with my phone, she'll come over and fix it for me because yeah. she grew up with it. She learned how to do it and she's great. She gets texts that are inappropriate. She deletes them. She comes and tells me, she tells her friends, Hey, that's not real. Delete it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they're like, how do you know all this? And she goes, well, <laughs> my dad's some computer guy or something like that. So, but so you talk about people that are, they're just not sophisticated and that's yeah. they're ignorant they just don't know any better and for for an old person to lose you know part of their retirement money is horrible for a company mm -hmm. to lose 200 million dollars that's pretty bad too and for so, a company so, to go out of business sucks mm -hmm. yeah no definitely definitely um so kind of to summarize your journey as an entrepreneur setting up a uh, cybersecurity business starting from scratch um 
you had to figure out the foundation, start small. It sounds like you focused on your local market first. Mm -hmm. You uh, figured out marketing technologies that worked with your local market because each market is different. They have different marketing strategies. Um, you networked within your market. And then for the smaller businesses that typically might not have the budget to buy the new blinky lights, you focused on where you could help them the most, which is with likely the people in the process, mm -hmm. and then figure out what technologies you can help them then cover any spots from there. Sure. And, and as a, I mean, I'm a small business. And so when I go into a hairdresser, for example, and I start to do a PCI audit on them, I'm aware that they're not rolling in the money, or maybe they are, I just don't know. There are a lot of open source solutions, and sometimes those are great, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're appropriate, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they require a lot of time configuring, constant maintenance, and there's no shortage of people out there promoting their products and services, which that's fine. That's great. I'm glad that they are because you learn new things and you learn about new techniques and methods that happen. Um, mm -hmm. But I do. I try to. I try to steer people, especially smaller businesses, towards lower cost solutions. My, my intent is, hey, I'm going to give you this antivirus. This is a free version. It's $30 a year. If you don't have the $30 a year, okay, but use it. If you get the benefit, upgrade it. And I like to think that I'm helping those businesses out because they are providing a product with the intent that people are going to upgrade. And that's mm -hmm. what I promote. The thing that drives me crazy is to go into somebody's office and they just spend you know, $1,200 a machine and everybody's got a huge monitor, a standing desk and headphones and this and that, and, but they didn't spend $30 on an antivirus. It just, I, I, I just, I don't get that. I just, mm -hmm. I, I just don't get that. You know, what's your business worth? And it's, it's frustrating to me at times because I'll go into a business that I know they're exposed, let's say they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. in a risky situation and for a few hundred dollars, I could really change their whole posture. For a few thousand dollars, I can make them look, you know, really great. Um, it, it's really frustrating when a company says, uh, we don't need that, or, um, yeah, no, we don't think it's worth it. Because mm -hmm. I know it is. And they're the same people that will spend, you know, $1,700 a year on liability insurance for something that might happen, or... $300 a month for something that will happen. Mm -hmm. um, and the, in New Hampshire, you do not have to disclose you've been breached yet. Interesting. And, and so I do know there are some companies that um, uh, manage small businesses and those small businesses have been breached. And I think they're doing a very big disservice. But then again, that's my philosophy and that's my business. I run my business the way I want to run my business. <laughs> they run theirs the way they want to run theirs. But mm -hmm. the fact is people don't think it's going to happen to them. They still don't. They see it every day. Oh, huge breach. Oh, bank breach. Oh, a record stolen. HIPAA violations. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with Georgia? How many people are going to get hit in Georgia? How many municipalities have to get hit in Georgia for those guys? To, hey, maybe we should have a backup system in place. Um, yeah. But... It's the things, the low-cost preventative solutions that really give the most value. And yeah. we don't have anything that anyone could take. I'm like, you have 16 computers in here. If I could take a hold of those, I could do some serious damage. Mm -hmm. they just So a lot of what I do or try to do is educate people. 
It's not, hey, you need to spend $10,000. It's, you need to have a solution. You need to have a process. You need to have a, you know, a disaster recovery plan. You need to have an incident response plan. What, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and luckily I have some really great clients and I have some good clients and there's some clients I wish I had that I don't. And I hope, I honestly don't have anything bad to say about them, but I will, I will tell a quick story. When I was getting started, I was having some difficulty getting traction. One of my friends who shall remain nameless said, why don't you just go in and hack a few businesses? Because then everyone would be scared and paranoid and then they'll want to call you. And I said, you know, I could do that, but that kind of goes against my whole grain of helping people. Yeah, exactly. And in the end, I can't do it. But it, the, the more people I ended up talking to around that time period, which was about two, three months in, the more people were like, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, go uh, do a little something over there? <laughs> So, but you know, we're the good guys. We're the people yeah. who are helping. We're not, if I could, if I was going to do that, I would do some other things and make a lot more money. <laughs> so, cause we're approaching the end of our half hour to summarize everything. If you had one piece of sage advice for someone looking to, to start a new cybersecurity business like yourself, uh, what would you share with them? I would say this in all sincerity, give it a lot of thought and don't do it do it with customers in other words what i did was literally just start from nothing and it was very challenging very challenging i didn't have a reputation in the community um for security i didn't have uh an existing base that i could bring in and have cash flow coming in instantly and so it was you know self-funded me and and my wife I would say make sure that you have enough money to live on for at least a year with making no money and still spending on advertising, marketing, software solutions and things like that. And go into it, you know, before you make the move, say, hey, look, if I come to you and I'm thinking about starting my own thing, would you guys want to be a customer of mine? Get a couple of those so that you're not stressing at the at, at the point where you're like what am i doing why don't i just go work for somebody else and not have to deal with this headache because honestly there's times when i really have wished and even some days i get up and i'm like god i just go down there and work for them and sit back in my chair and have fridays off um it's a hassle it, it, it is but hopefully the rewards are great i mean I had a situation with my wife where I needed to be home to take care of her. And I was able to be home most of the time and take care of her. I get to watch my kid grow up, which to me is invaluable. Um, But then I also stay up till three o'clock in the morning, some nights and I'm (laughs) done the next day and I'm cranky and I yell at my kids. So, Um, but make sure you're, you're in a situation where you're, if you're not immediately financially stable, that you have the ability to either pick up side work, which I did um, do some consulting, uh, you know, a la carte or with another group or find some other way to supplement your income or better yet, have a couple of clients when you start that from the, you hit the ground running and you already have. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your journey of breaking into cybersecurity as an entrepreneur. Um, I'm sure we'll have several of them looking to you for advice and they'll likely reach out to you. So thank you for sharing and um, doing good in the community. Thank you. As I said, um, this community has been great to me. I'm happy to answer anybody's questions. And if they go to sarinsecurity.com, they can grab my phone number or shoot me an email.
Okay, perfect. Well, have a good rest of your day and uh, take care. Awesome. Thank you very much. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors. We're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.